1: Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Brampernard. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com.
2: Wow, a month off and we haven't missed a beat. That was a perfect introduction, my friend. Excellent work. You're no. walserbuyscars.com. Let's talk about it for a quick minute. Uh, The new car shortage grinds on. There's signs that it's starting to get better. Uh, but late model used car values are as high as I've ever seen them. And we're going to talk about that in about 45 minutes on car selling secrets. What that means, if you have a late model uh, used car, especially people that are maybe a year out on a lease, you've got tons of options and you might have equity. You can go to Walzer.com, uh, get an instant offer, or if it's, you know, you get more technical questions and stuff, feel free to reach out to me at Doug at Walzer.com. Uh, We talked about this on the morning show, and I got four emails from people going, What's my 19 Honda Cord worth? It's all stuff that we'd love to have, and people, uh, we can put money in their pocket, just like we did for you.
1: What are you talking about? You know what I mean. You know. You know. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? We are back, ladies and gentlemen, little news, little information, very special guest. The book is called My Dad is Funnier Than Your Dad, Growing Up With Tim Conway in the Funniest House in America. Kelly Conway, our special guest. And that was it. good afternoon, good morning. Depending on where you are, where are you, Kelly?
0: I'm in L.A. I'm in Malibu.
1: so it's 9.30. almost 9.30 in the morning. Hi. So good morning. I, yeah, I wanted to make sure I got that right. Um. Kelly, it's going to be a big problem because there is no bigger fan of your family than me.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I'll fight
1: you for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're going to sock me right in the mush for saying that. That, that's understandable. I'm
0: going to sock you in the head.
1: <laughs> you should sock me in the head, Kelly. I think it's a good plan. It's a great plan. Uh, I'm very, very lucky in that I was uh, a little child when I first saw your your father perform. And I got to be honest with you, from day one till today, I, I just, I, I, what I loved about your father and Kelly, the same as you, saying you'll sock me in the head. He really underplayed things, you know, like threatening to beat people up, you know, like that. No, but he, he, yeah. he didn't push comedy, which I really liked. He just did it. He was good at it. He performed it. He didn't have to push it in order to be good. That that shows a real talent there, Kelly.
0: True, because he just—it's just—it's just how he is, and it's how he was at home, it's how he was in the grocery store, um, and he didn't—he just didn't go to school or training for it. Because I—I I honestly still don't think he knew, in the end, throughout his whole life, how good he was and how happy he made so many people. And—and and I'm not saying that he didn't—you know—that he was—he didn't understand it. Of course he did, but he just didn't understand the—the. The, objective that it went with people, you know, um, because in his mind, if he hadn't made it in L.A. to be in show business, then he would have been just as happy going back to Chagrin Falls, Ohio, and working at the hardware store, and I'm telling you, he would have been he been fine with it. You know
1: what's great, Kelly, is that uh, I just talked to Don Knotts' daughter the other day, and i would I, I just realized how lucky I was to grow up in the area in, which, in era in the era in which I grew up because I was a little boy when these fellas started performing and I could go down the entire list of people it, it's very very long, but I got very lucky to grow up in the era in, in, in which I did watching those shows It was just good family comedy it was very very funny it was it was great I got very lucky you know, I know
0: i that's how I feel I think we're so lucky to have... Uh, than uh, race in that environment. And and to know that, I mean, my dad's goal was always to keep it clean so you could watch whatever he does in a room with your grandparents or little kids running around. And, you know, nobody would have to be embarrassed or, or you know, cover anybody's ears or walk out of the room because of something offensive or, or something you didn't want to hear. So, I and he definitely stuck for that. And I think that's hard. And it's harder to to be clean and funny than uh, than throw some language in there,
2: which is hard to, but it's a different kind, you know? Can I jump in with a quick question? Please tell me that he was a great father. So many of my heroes, (laughs) you know, like Bing Crosby, one of the best singers of the 20th century and just a complete disaster as a human being. Tell me, Tim Conway was a good dad, please.
0: Oh, my God. He was the best. And, and when I say he was the best, he was the best for us. He And a lot of people, you know, I treated my parents, I thought of my parents, as superheroes. And they're just, they protect you and they help you. And they, you know, that you don't think they need real friends of their own and they don't need to go, go off and do grown-up things because they're just there for the kids. But they actually really were. And he just, he was, he. He loved his kids, the six of us, and um, I'm sure it was a challenge, and my mom was more the disciplinary, his uh, um, dad was more like, you know, the circus leader, but um, but he was he was just fun, and it was always, I, I we'd rather hang out with my dad than any of our friends, so that says it all, you know?
2: That's perfect. You've made my day. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no, really. <laughs> no, I understand. You know I, mean?
1: <laughs> I understand. Yeah, you're, you're, there's no question about that. I, I get exactly what you're talking about. I, I would like to mention that uh, that Kelly Conway herself, uh, a member of the Costume Designers Guild in Los Angeles, works as a costume designer and stylist in uh-huh. commercials. So you you stayed in the business without being, uh, being even on camera. You stayed in the business though, so that's good.
0: I love it. I, I, I'm not an uh, in-front-of-the-camera girl at all. It's too nerve the They make it look easy, you know, and people think that they can do it, and it's not easy. Yeah. So I love what I do. I do wardrobe and, and um, costumes for commercials and TV and whatever they So it's a, it's a fun job, and I've been doing it for a long time. And I actually look with my dad a few times on... Um, on a couple commercials that weren't done by his asking if I could do it, but they were just that I happened to be working with, and then they would be doing that commercial, and so I just happened to be on the job, so that was really cool. That was
1: fun. No, I could see that. No question about that. You know, one thing I do have to mention, Kelly, Kelly, which is really kind of cool, is that when your father performed, he did, uh, he did uh, an entire character based on small people he did uh, people with accents he did people from other cultures but it was never ever offensive to anybody that's amazing isn't it You know
0: that's a good point that's a good point um especially today with you know you you look at somebody and, and they could
1: be offended um <laughs> i've done and, it believe me
0: um that's yeah, me too. I did it yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's true. Like, it, it, was some, it was just innocent, and it wasn't. It wasn't maybe necessarily making fun of him, but it, but it kind of was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have to think about that. How did he get away with it? Because, I, I because he was funny, and it didn't. No, how can you be so offended when you're laughing through it?
1: So yeah, I think Kelly, the answer, and I, I don't have all the answers in the world, but I think your father, the answer to your father being able to do that is he didn't push it. He didn't go way over the top. It's like you know it was you know he didn't have to have to do the, the oh yeah you have to know what I'm doing here. He just kind of used it and took it, and it was funny, but he didn't go way over the top with it. And I think that is the big difference.
2: It is possible that Mikhail's Navy would not be made in today's climate. Well,
1: maybe. It's a Not because of Tim, but. No, it's absolutely true.
0: Yeah, um, there's no way. There's no way. My dad and I used to watch uh, some of the old episodes um, of Mikhail's Navy, and it, it was so fun to watch him watch that because he was only 30 years old when we started that. Um, and that, I mean, to me, that's like he was your kid, you know, 28 or 30 years old. Um, but there's no way that video maybe would make it today because there's some there's some lines that my dad has to go. God, I can't believe he said it. it was it was written. I did all I was doing was reading what
1: they gave me. So like, oh man. Yeah, it's not. See, I love that. I, I love that whole idea. He just did what he. You know, I should mention also that over the years I've been I've been in the radio business for 51 years now. I took some time off I of work at Capital and did a lot of voiceover stuff but I started doing radio 51 years uh-huh. ago and I've been doing it the whole time so I've talked to you know I talked to your father back in the day several times. Carol Burnett and I have talked a million times on this show on my morning show all the rest of it. Uh the one uh-huh. thing I I did notice, honest to God, they are all very nice people. Every one of them. You know, we had talked talked to Don Knotts just one time, so I didn't really know him very well, but I assumed he was a nice guy. But your father was just such a nice man. Carol Burnett's such a sweetheart of a person. I love that.
0: They all are, and I got to grow up with them and and to be around that. And Don Knotts was the nicest man in the world. There you go. He loved my dad and... He loved as kids, like, he, you know, we hadn't seen him in a year or so, he, he when he come over, and he would pick up right where you left off, like, okay, so you're in 12th right now, I think, and how's cheerleading going? How's the thought, like, he just, he was, he just remembered everything, and he was so sweet, and Carol, too, and, and I think that's why their show was so successful, is that they were all such good friends, and, and they just kinda of did what they did best and she let them. That's another the part. too. Yeah. You know, the Micel's maybe my dad that was his first job in the business, really. So mm. he like I said, he just kinda of read what was on the paper and uh kind of stayed uh humble and, and uh a thirty year old. But when he got to the um to Burnett show, uh she let him do whatever he wanted to do, really. And that's and that's where it was, I think. I mean, you know, can you imagine having to stick to whatever script uh, you need to with my dad? There's no way. He couldn't even he wouldn't survive a day. So I think that's why it was it came across and people loved it. Does
1: do people really understand that that uh you had Carol Burnett, you had Vicki Lawrence, you had Harvey Corman, you had Tim Conway, you had even more people. They never got in each other's way. <laughs> Nobody ever tried to upstage anybody else. It was not about more me now. It was a great comedy. Everybody worked shoulder to shoulder, and that's why it was so fantastic, I think. I do, too. And, I, and you know,
0: you think about it, like you said, in, in another situation... Someone like Carol would have been threatened, or could have been threatened. Right. By somebody who might have upstaged her, or been funnier, or at the, at the time, um, but she didn't, and that's why it was so great. Is she'd let him do whatever he whatever he wanted, and um, and maybe sat back and and watched him instead of people watching her. So that's exactly why it worked.
1: Yeah, I, there's no. The fact that that Carol Burnett, supremely talented Carol Burnett, would just go, "Hey, I'm just one of the people out here doing this bit." You don't find that a whole lot anymore. Yeah. That you, you just don't. No, not at all. But you go there, uh, it, it's,
0: it's next level now. It's a different. It's a different world and a different group, and um, you know everybody's designed for the attention, especially social media. You know, how, you, you can out. Vacation each other and who can outdress and outhair each other. It just—they're not even famous, and, and so it's just a different life. And thank God we didn't have that distraction growing up. You know, can you imagine? You, 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 you know, in the in the seventies when I was growing up, you got home from school and your school day ended at three p.m. or whenever you got mm-hmm. home. But now you, the day the day never ends. They, these kids like. It's just
1: constant, constant um, texting and social media but you can't, you, know, you can't get away from it. So there's that, and I'm thankful God, you know, I don't have to do that. No question. I have to do it. You know, I, I was just thinking about uh, how uh, extending this out. Um, we talked about the Carol Burnett show and the people on it, but they, then you look at people like Bob Newhart hanging out with Don Rickles. They used to go on vacation together. Can you imagine? Now those two guys today. <laughs> Not the same people, but people like them would probably have tried to upstage one another at every turn. But my God, there's video of, of Don Rickles and Bob Newhart and their wives on vacation. It's phenomenal.
2: It's so funny you mention that because I'm sitting here thinking, <coughs> wouldn't it be fun to have lunch with um, uh, <laughs> Bob Newhart, I'm sorry, and Tim Conway? Talk about great deadpan comedians. Oh,
0: God, would, yes.
1: Were unreal. they friends, Kelly?
0: They probably, and if he did go out with them, they probably wouldn't say a word ever. <laughs>
1: and he'd which would be incredibly funny. <laughs> that would be very funny, actually. That's which true. Is
0: he, which is exactly what they do. They used to have my dad um, and his wife, Shireen, and Bob Newhart, his wife, um, John Rizos, um, Mel Brooks, Mike Connors, and all the wives. They every Tuesday they went out to see Lawrence Um they would go to a different restaurant every Tuesday, and um, they looked forward to it. They would either try somewhere new or maybe go back to the old one that they liked a few weeks ago. But they had a blast. Can you imagine the one of them uh, at a table every Tuesday? And they, my dad said they did. They got kicked out of a couple of things. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, for being a little loud. Um, and uh, and I think they ended up giving them private rooms when they went to these restaurants because they were, I'm sure they weren't quiet,
1: you know, how can they be? No doubt about that. I, I just think, looking back now, the age that I was, I was a little boy when it all started, went through my teen years, my 20s, and now I'm a little older than that, mm-hmm. Kelly, I will say that, but I i have to uh, attribute a lot of the way I am looking at comedy to those very people, you know, the, all of them, the men, the women, and all of them. I learned by watching them, how to not go over the top with bits, how to deliver it in a, in, a, yeah. in a funny manner without pushing too hard. And, you know, you can't try too hard. I learned all that as a little boy from watching uh, the six people we were just talking about. It was just a great experience to sit down and watch TV and go, Mike, this is funny, and nobody's acting like a goofball. I'm, I don't mean a goofball. Like a pain in the ass is a better way to put it, Kelly. Nobody acted like that. It was wonderful.
0: Well exactly, exactly, and when I say they got kicked out, it wasn't, it was right. them probably laughing so hard, right. um, having the best time, and maybe it was a more quiet restaurant, and, and someone's there for their engagement of anniversary, so I don't know, who knows, that wasn't there, um, but yeah, it, they, they didn't try too hard, and that's another thing, um, you know, trying too hard also comes across, you know, sometimes when I see people in movies or stuff, and you just think, oh my gosh, it's and hard, and, and you, you don't even you didn't even have to think about it when they did anything. You just watched it and laughed, and that was exactly how they were at home to uh, to everybody else. So, um, you know, when my dad would come to the school or to um training practices or to my brother's baseball games or hockey games, it was it was exactly the same. And he talked to everybody, and I think he gave us that um, without knowing we were learning from it, because, you know, you don't want to learn anything from your parents when you're a kid, because they're so dumb. Um, but he, he, he taught us that, and my mom, that, you know, just be nice to people. And, uh, and so all my brothers and I really are, and I think that my dad definitely um, uh, taught us that, to be nice to everybody
1: tell you a very quick story about, we just mentioned Don Rickles, and this is one of my favorite stories to tell, and it's exactly what we're talking about. That's why I'm, I'm bringing it up. Um, several years ago, I sat down and interviewed Don Rickles, who is the nicest guy in the world, brilliant comedian, just uh, brilliant. Brilliant comedian, very, very fast, very smart. So we're sitting there talking <clears throat> on the air, and um, I brought up an episode of Run for Your Life with Ben Gazzara, where Don Rickles played a guy named yeah. Willie Hatch, and the, the episode was called Down with Willie Hatch. It was about an insult comic, very much like Don Rickles, but Willie Hatch uh, was uh, was being jeered and uh, and booed uh, every time he hit the stage, and things just weren't working for him and all the rest of it. You know, it was a great episode, so I said, uh, Don, I have to tell you something. For, he goes, first of all, you remember that episode? I said, oh, yeah, I remember it very, very well. He goes, really? That's amazing. I said... Don, i got to tell you, you nailed that role. You were, you were so good in that role. I will never forget that. And he went silent, and he looked up, and he was crying. And he said, thank you so much, because that really means a lot. He was crying because I said he was a good actor. Uh, said, oh, my God, I made Don Rickles cry, for Christ's sake. It was so sweet.
0: Good
1: job. <laughs> good job, Tom. Way to go, you dope.
0: Yeah. But it's a funniest guy in the, <laughs> in the world crying.
1: And Tom makes him cry, but it meant so much to him that someone thought he was a good actor. It meant the world to him.
0: Isn't that great? Because they don't think of themselves as actors. You know, my dad didn't. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think that, uh, you know, he just, in my dad's mind, he was just going out there and doing what he would do if he worked in the hardware store in Shipton Falls, Ohio, you know? Uh, a few more people watching, but he was just kind of doing the same thing.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he didn't
0: understand why, 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 what's, like, what's the facts about?
1: Kelly, did you come up with a name for the book?
0: I did not. My very, very close friend, Rick Fittig, who's Director that I worked with in commercials for um, gosh, 25, 28 years, something like that, for a long time. Um, they had a title for the book when we first started it, and I hated it. And I said, I can't. I said I can not even do it if this is the title. It's so horrible. It was it was something like Growing Up Conway or something.
1: Oh yeah, uh, that's no, that's not
0: good and 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 I said it sounds like a Brady Bunch. It's so dumb and. And uh, I'm sorry to whoever wrote it. I don't even know who wrote it. Um, but it just sounded not like what I was writing. So um, I called him, uh, Rick, and said, "I need your help, please." You know, he's a marketing genius. He's a uh, owns an ad agency and a creative genius. He he created the Energizer Bunny oh, uh, sure, years yeah. ago. But that was his, That was one of his. Hundreds of things that he's created, and about I asked him about twenty minutes later, he called back um, with that title, and I loved it because it's so it's it, it, it's something I would say because having five brothers, I'm pretty competitive. Oh um, God, yeah. And Rip and I spent a lot of hours together, so he knows me really well, and I think the title was perfect. It's perfect, so I thank him for it every day. I thank him.
1: It is a great title for people who might just tuned in. My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad is the name of the book. There have been some great book names come out. Do you know Sharon Gless at all? She uh, started out in Cagney and Lacey and did many, many other series. I don't know if you know uh, Sharon Gless or not. Great actor. I just talked to her yesterday, and and the reason I say I love the name of your book. I love the name of, uh, you know, there are some, several books out there. Very, very very, very funny. Uh, Cal, uh, Cal Penn has a book out now. It's a very funny title, as a matter of fact, but Sharon Glass put out a a book, and I'll tell you the title in a second. And I asked her where the title came from, and she said, well, I was in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. And I said, oh, really? So you were in Minneapolis? She goes, yeah. I said, why were you in Minneapolis? She said, because I was going to Hazelden Treatment Center for alcoholism. (laughs) And I said, okay. So you were in town, right? Kelly, you're going to love this. You guys, if you haven't heard it, you're going to love this. So she puts out her book. And the book is a response of what they, she said to them at Hazelden when she checked in. The name of the book. I'll tell you in a second. So she's at the desk at Hazelden. She's checking in. Treatment for alcoholism. Okay? And the woman behind the desk says to Sharon Glass, um, so you're here for, for what? And she said uh, treatment for alcoholism. She said, okay, treatment for alcoholism. And how, how did you know that you had a problem with alcohol? And she named the book after what she just said. She named the book, Apparently There Were Complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just brilliant? Apparently, That's so good. <laughs> That's a great title for a That's book, don't you think? That's
0: What a great title.
1: It is indeed. Kelly, are you going to go... It's uh,
0: such an opportunity to have the great titles.
1: That is indeed. Are you going to go on tour, do you think? You'll be traveling around the country with the book?
0: I think so. I think everything is still a bit covid uh, Sure. From what I'm gathering, I don't know. Um, so I'm doing a lot on uh, on from my house, from, from cars and, and stuff like this. So I don't know. I... I had imagined that you were going to do some kind of traveling, but it changes every day. This yeah, world yeah and no, true. So I don't know. But if I come anywhere near Minneapolis, I'm going to get a hold of
1: you guys. Well, you got to come in studio. We will laugh, I guarantee. The whole time you're here, we'll laugh like, like mad people. There's no question about it.
0: I would love it. I would love
1: it. And I'll tell you, Kelly, on the way out, uh, it's true. Your dad is a lot funnier than my dad. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Kelly, thanks for your time today. Wonderful talking to you.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I will talk to you guys again. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Kelly Conway, ladies and gentlemen, my dad's funnier than your dad. Growing up with Tim Conway in the funniest house in America. And we shall take a break. Be right back right after this. Tom here to tell you that MyPillow is the best and getting better. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell has an amazing offer on MyPillow Towels, 100% USA Cotton. Originally $109.99 and now a flash sale for $39.99. For a limited time and 60 day money back guarantee head to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials. Promo code KQRS. Get this great offer and check out the deep discounts on other products. MyPillow.com enter promo code KQRS MyPillow.com promo code KQRS QRS.
2: i see if I can get you some more bumper music this weekend. Okay. Having a dinner party with... Pretty. It's, it should be really interesting because they're all people that are either old or new friends, but they've never met each other, and they're all musicians. So, mm. Dan Murphy, my stepbrother's showing up. Uh, Just make Peter sure there's Born's no alcohol involved. Nah, these musicians. are they're old musicians. Uh, <laughs> they've survived.
4: Make sure there's no cocaine involved. Then.
2: Oh yeah, that's uh. <laughs> we do a lot of coke at the Sprintall House in Rosemount. Yep. That's of of what we're famous yeah, there's for. There's always
4: a fresh supply.
1: I could see that, yes, yeah, so I don't think there's any question. Dougie. I always hated that stuff.
2: Not that I ever tried it more than maybe four or five what, times, cocaine? but yeah.
1: I had it once and it did nothing.
2: I just babbled like a complete moron. It was just well, wasn't it even basically worse just, than normal, if you can believe that. Isn't
4: it basically just like caffeine times a million? Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know.
2: And you get this jaw thing going, and it was just it was just mm. weird. But it was quite popular in the 80s.
4: Well, that's because everyone was a high-powered businessman back
2: then. They they gotta be
4: up for certainly thought they were. Oh God, yeah, they were up for four (laughs) or five days straight, yeah, in the office.
2: Probably Probably probably. never made it into the radio business, but it was pretty prevalent in the car business. Oh, Coke in the radio business? God, yeah.
4: No,
1: what do you mean? (laughs) God, yeah. Oh, everything's fine. Don't worry about Mm -hmm. a thing. Yeah, I did it once, and it just it, it. I didn't even get, like, like, I'm drinking caffeine right now. I got a better buzz from caffeine than I did from that. So who knows what it even was, what I got. It. That's right. It's right. It's very know.
4: possible you just snorted a bunch of talcum powder. Yeah. Probably true. Which, not great for your sinuses, but hey. Probably true. You seem true. to survive. Yeah. Talcum yeah, powder is the I stuff that out. I think they pulled, right? Because it was giving people cancer? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's right. They yep. did, yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's a rock that you grind up into a powder and then inhale. can't be good for you.
2: That's basically well, you're not the pro- supposed to inhale talcum powder. Well, you're
4: not supposed to, but you're going to mm-hmm. because yeah. it's you powder. It's, yeah. it's going to get into the air no matter what you do. That's true. And that's yeah, basically that the problem with asbestos is it was basically a rock that people were inhaling. Yeah. So it got lodged in your lungs and caused inflation over time. Yeah, that's not good. So talcum powder, very, very similar. No doubt
1: about it. God, I'm just looking at all the hot headlines from day. I didn't know this. And i got to find the story, or maybe, Andy, you can find the story. But it's kind of interesting, isn't it? The United States government and, uh, government and Moderna formed a partnership, a 50-50 partnership, before it was revealed that they would have all the uh, COVID uh, vaccines. Really? Yeah. Gee, I wonder how that happened.
2: So what was the – is there any details? That's interesting.
1: Uh, I'm, Andy, see if you can find something for me, because – you're much better at that than I am. Yeah, apparently.
2: Modern, oh, no, Pfizer's a German company. Moderna isn't. Moderna is a U.S. Yeah.
1: company. Moderna is a. It, apparently, they have a 50 50 partnership with the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And this is before it was even. And by the way, uh, they had people in Wuhan at the time.
2: Yeah.
1: And it was never. Not, it was just revealed apparently yes, last night, yesterday.
4: Well, I do know that in 2013. DARPA gave them $25 million to research mRNA medicines, which mRNA is the kind of medicine that the vaccine is. Yeah. Yep. So that is interesting.
1: 2015 was the year that I saw that th- things really kicked into high gear. So what was that all? Uh, tw-
4: 2016, they got $125 million from <laughs> BARDA, oh, which God. is the something, I don't know what it is. This was for a different vaccine. This is for the Zika vaccine.
1: Oh, is that coming too now, then?
4: Uh, no, that's, that never ended up being a thing. They tried to scare everyone into being afraid of it, but it ended up doing basically nothing, I think. So this is all about money and power, isn't it? BARDA is the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority of the federal government. Oh, there you <laughs> go. I didn't so even know that existed. The federal
1: government owns that too, huh? Uh, yeah. Why is our federal government allowed to own anything?
4: I don't really understand how our government can own anything. Well, technically, the purpose of the federal government is to be where all the states can pool their resources for the greater good. Right. That's like why the federal government exists, really. Well, I suppose that's Um, true. Yeah, but it has since mutated quite a bit.
1: It has mutated quite a bit, but so so it is true that they did form these uh, this partnership with Moderna and a couple other people before this uh, about three years before this. Pandemic hit.
4: Yeah, they got a. Uh, well, I mean, they got That's awarded money from the federal government multiple times. Whether they don't, they're not exactly forthcoming with the uh, specifics of those deals. Of course, apparently, Moderna
1: but, U.S. is fifty-fifty. That's what I had heard. I had heard this morning. Hmm. I don't know. So you're making money and then you get to force people to use it. That's what I love about it. So you make the money and you make people get the vaccine. That is interesting that they can
4: force people to get something that they have to pay for. Yep. Or that someone is getting paid for.
2: For me, the thing that bugs me is that the federal government funds a whole bunch of. Medical research, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I mean, yeah, that is it is. The
4: U.S. funds like fifty percent of the entire they, world's medical R. Right,
2: but then all that research gets used by private companies, yeah. and we pay them for the stuff that we paid the government to figure out. How I to know yeah. we've paid that's for what's it twice. Really the kind in my mind, the biggest screw job of all.
1: I couldn't agree more. We pay for everything t- two or three times in this country. <laughs> And I don't know what the hell that's all about. Well, I'll look at the state of Minnesota: seven point seven billion dollar surplus. Good, send me a
2: check. You know, I, I mean, I, th- I think I'll try to. Do we have just one more podcast this year, or are we on the tw- Is it the 23rd? Oh No, we got two. Uh, Week fourth, okay. twenty third. If you wouldn't get them it. on the twenty third, we'll get Pat and uh, and Ryan in, and we can. Talk I'd love it to have them <laughs> in this corner, Yeah, at they can slug it out from Farmington, wonderful. Minnesota. And we can talk about what we're going to do with all this extra money because I'm sure they. I'm guessing they have different ideas. It would you be think? interesting. And I don't think we've had them <laughs> in together in a year or two. So no, I'll see haven't. if I can make that
1: happen. Ryan's popped in a couple of times, yep. but I haven't seen Pat in yep. about a year. That's no, been, it's because of me.
2: I just haven't booked him, so that might be an interesting guest in uh, or guests in in light of the uh, purported budget surplus.
1: I like it. What is the deal with this hammerhead imbecile? That set fire to the Christmas tree in the Fox Square.
2: Oh, it was so it was intentional? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Okay. He, I remember he, he when did it, it because broke. It was... It's like Fox Christmas tree on fire. But yeah. He... Kind of weird.
4: <coughs> Jeez. It was a uh, homeless guy who's been in trouble with the law a few oh. times before. So why why did he burn a Christmas tree though? You think it'd cheer him up? I think he's a little mentally ill if oh, I have to guess. You can't be
1: serious. Mentally ill mm-hmm. and on the streets walking around amongst the people? In so, New York. In New York. Yeah, exactly. We have got to start doing something about our law enforcement, too, man. This this whole, and I don't, I shouldn't say law enforcement, I, 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 enforcing the law, not law enforcement, but enforcing the law, because everybody, oh, go ahead, wander the streets all you want. I know you shot three people, but don't worry about it. What the hell happened?
2: I don't know. I did read just before I got here, um, the Minnesota State for, uh, Fair is reinstating the State Fair Police Force. Well, good. It had been to. sort of disbanded for a year. And it then, was. And yes. we didn't have a state fair because of COVID.
1: Yeah, that's very, very true. So I, I, I just would like to take my family downtown and have um, a little dinner, maybe go to a play or something and not have to worry about pulling my own weapon and shooting someone. That'd be really great.
2: And it's funny, we went. Uh, Saturday, two Saturdays ago, we were going to go see a, a band play. It was Actually, Dan Murphy in his new band oh, okay. playing at the Hook and Ladder. And <clears throat> I went down there and I, just, I screwed up. We didn't, we left our vaccine cards at home. And that's one of the, you know, every place is making their own rules. And that was one of them, the rules that they had there. So we couldn't actually get in. But it's right. It's a block from the third precinct that burned up. And, right. Yeah. And I, you know, I've spent years and years in minneapolis and i drove cab there as a as a kid but you know for really the first time that i can remember when we got there i'm looking over my shoulder thinking about god i just hope we don't get carjacked and so on and so forth sure and sure i wasn't so terrified that we didn't go but but I, I i normally am super comfortable in urban environments but it was just it's it's uncomfortable it's, yeah it's it's yeah. it's you got to be smart right
1: uh, yeah, no. I, look, I have a I have an appointment at uh, two o'clock right after the show today downtown, and I'm I'm not nervous about going down, but I don't. I'm not really fired up about doing it either. Yeah, because I don't really need anybody walking up on me when I'm down there.
2: You, you going know? to Young Quinlan?
1: Yes, YQR, Lund, <laughs> Young Quinlan Rothschild. That's where I'm headed. Uh, here's an interesting fact, and this does make sense, because as, as you know, the number one thing about uh, getting COVID and being in real danger is body weight. Body weight is a huge problem with COVID. Like, I am very glad when I got COVID that I had lost that 100 pounds. That was a great thing. I think that probably saved my life, I would think. Uh, it was just a new study just came out. The reason that is... That people that overweight people don't do well with COVID is that body fat acts as a reservoir for COVID.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So Andy, what's a what's that all about?
4: A lot of uh things act like that actually. <clears throat> the body has a tendency to put things like toxins into fat.
1: Oh, okay. Um
4: because it's just a good long term place to store it usually. Uh The problem is that once you lose that fat, so fat works basically like it's like little balloons. The body puts fat into these balloons, and then when you lose the fat, it takes it out of the balloons. And so when you lose the fat, anything that's in that balloon will go into your bloodstream, which is usually triglycerides, but it can be any sort of toxin that you were ingesting at the time you gained that particular weight. So you do have to be... That's one reason they say that you shouldn't gain or lose too much weight too fast. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you can can flood your body. And the the, the triglycerides alone are not super good for you because that's kind of like how the body transports fat in the form of triglycerides. So if it takes it out, makes it into a triglyceride, puts it in your bloodstream, and then you metabolize it. Um, But too much of that... Too can be a bad thing.
2: What are but you doing producing a podcast? Yeah,
4: exactly. A dude. It's a lot easier than being a doctor. Well,
2: that's true. It's not
1: hard to be oh. a doctor. I know doctor. Look at Basham, sits around on his ass all day. What? Zero it, effort. <laughs> Zero effort. Yeah, there you go.
2: He's not, He's a boob doctor. He's not a real doctor. Oh,
1: that's a little <laughs> negative. Shots fired. Yep. Shots fired. No question about it. I just, the more we do research on all this stuff and keep looking at this stuff, it just, it's so obvious that it's money, 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 money. That's all that matters anymore. Isn't that disgusting?
2: Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, as you get older and you start using the healthcare system in the U.S., yeah. you start, you get a glimpse at how kind of messed up it really is. Oh, God. You know, when yes. you're in your 20s and you might break an arm or something like that and need to get a case. You don't really you don't have health issues, but you get older and you know, you're going to get them. And that's when you find out what it's like.
1: You know, it's really weird because I turned 70 in November. Just a little over a month ago, I turned 70 years old. Uh, I have talked about this before of all the guys that I grew up with and some of the women I grew up with. There's only four or five of us left. Oh, wow. Yep. And then I just found out another very, very close friend of mine only has a couple months to live. I mean, and he's not going to turn. He's not going to reach 70.
2: Yeah, that's tough.
1: He's going to die in his 60s. A lot of my friends died in their 50s and 60s. A lot of them.
2: Not so many for me. A few. But I've been maybe lucky, I guess.
1: I think that's kind of a ghetto deal anyway. That could be. Poor people don't live as long as
4: as, uh, people, middle class or wealthy people. It's a Please lot go. of it is due to what you did when you were younger, unfortunately, well, it's
2: higher risk lifestyles yeah. and diets not as unfortunately, good.
4: Unfortunately, and... like they say that it takes you however many years to heal from smoking or whatever. But right. you how long never, is that,
2: by the way, doctor?
4: You never fully do heal from smoking. Shit, that's what I hear. Well, I
2: mean, if you smoke, <laughs> oh, if you
4: smoke a cigarette a month, you're probably going to be fine.
2: Okay, what if you smoked a pack a day for say, I don't know, thirty-five years?
4: Well, yeah, you're not going to come back from that.
2: Damn it. It's been I've been off him for be 13 now.
4: I mean, you can get probably 80, 90% better. Okay. But there's always going to be a little bit of de- you're not so going to there's be running not really any no reason
2: to start again.
4: No, you probably, you know. <laughs> I mean, unless right. Take the YOLO route.
2: Yeah. Then, I, that yeah. Then smoke all you want. Yeah, I I never understood that philosophy. Live every day like it's your last. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make it a week if you actually well, yeah, do that. yeah, exactly.
1: You know that I actually, what I found out, and I was very, very lucky, and I didn't even know it. When I did smoke cigarettes from the time I was 11 to 21, and I quit at uh, 21, and haven't smoked since. But I found out later in life that when I smoked cigarettes, I French inhaled. Yeah. I mean, you take it in through your nose. But it never made it into my lungs. I, I, just I went, did that I just for went, like, a
2: while because it was the cool thing to yeah, do. It was for, very right. cool for a Even while. Though it yeah. looks incredibly stupid. So those that, that don't know, you blow it out through your mouth and then inhale mm-hmm. it through your nose, so it yeah. gets that sexy look of smoke going yeah. up your upper <laughs> going left up and your into nose, your yeah, sinuses.
1: But I didn't know this. But a doctor pointed out said, you know, none of the smoke ever made it into your lungs huh. because the way you inhaled it, it just you would you went like this. It just mm-hmm. cir- circulated hmm. in your sinuses and came right back out of your mouth.
4: So here's an interesting story it. from the chat. Okay. So Wendy uh, used to be a manager at a photo lab. And one day, one of her employees, who recently lost 70 pounds, had to call an ambulance because he was having some sort of medical issue that he didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was 70 pounds ago, he used to take LSD, Oh God! So his body oh, put the God. LSD into the fat cells. He oh. lost that fat, and then boom! All of a sudden, you're tripping on LSD, and you have no idea.
2: Wow!
1: I'm losing it, man. Yeah, you,
4: I would. You probably oh, think you're God. dying. You probably do. Yep. Yeah.
1: That's wow. terrifying. Yeah. That didn't happen hmm. to me when I lost 100 pounds. I didn't have any of that stuff. I wonder what that—that that was all about. I didn't have anything. But I was yeah, never. Yeah, it only—it only
4: does it with certain things.
1: And I was never a big drug guy. Anyway, I never, I was, I never did like cocaine, heroin, pills. Well, cocaine
4: or probably wouldn't have done it. It's so short acting. It's yeah, that's true. That's true. Hmm. It all depends on what you were taking, how much you were taking, and that sort of thing.
1: Indeed. So you just keep slogging forward, and you try to live your life. But I mean, it, it's getting to the point. It's getting scary because as, as, as life moves on, more and more and more of my friends are dying and they're not making it to 70, which means, Jesus, they're, these guys are coming up on being the last people to turn 70, you know, and a lot of them didn't make it. No question about it. I had a lot of fun with those guys. I'll tell you that, man.
2: Yeah, and, and it's part of getting older. You have to try to maintain a positive attitude, attitude even though people you know are passing away. It's yeah, just, it's part of life. It's, and it's yeah, hard. It's,
1: it's part of the deal. There's no question. I, matter of fact, I just—it's been kind of a weird Christmas season, anyway, and all the rest of it. And then I find out a very, very good friend of mine's got about a month or two to live. I find out a relative of mine has only got a year or two to live, and it's like,
4: Jesus, man! Yeah. Unfortunately, the death rate starts skyrocketing in your fifties. It's in the 50s? That's when it does? Yep. Yeah, why do you made pretty, it past that? You're pretty much good before that. I mean, the average person lives to be 73 still, I think, which is not bad. It's I not mean, it's great. not great, but it's not bad. But, yeah, I mean, once you get to a certain point, and it could just be generational, who knows? Because, I mean, uh, a lot of these uh, greatest generation yeah. people, they lived forever. Because they were the ones who made it through World War II, the Great Depression, right, and stuff. Right. Like, if they were going to die, they would have died during one of the horrible things that happened during their lives. But
2: one of the things that Sarah's taught me, you know, because she works at a church and does a lot of funeral cantering,
4: the oh, death sure.
2: rate around the holidays with old parishioners, oh, yeah. right oh, through it quadruples oh, what oh, yeah. it is during the rest of the year from about now until middle or end of January. Just yep.
1: I just, uh, that's not, I don't like that at no, all. No, I don't either. I'm not a big fan. Well, I was reading a story that was funny. I was talking about it. I read this story yesterday on the KQ Morning Show. And the story starts with, an elderly woman has been blah, 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 blah. And this elderly woman and blah, blah. And she's elderly. And at the end of the story, I find out she's 34 months older than I am. Yeah, I
2: know. <laughs> That's just Your point great. of reference changes, right? The
1: elderly my ass, okay? Give me that. Uh, what the hell? Whatever works. You know what I mean? I do. There's a big battle going on right now, apparently, because of this uh, January 6th inquiry or whatever the hell they're doing, that apparently, I, I guess it was uh, President Obama that signed a new order that said that... Uh, Basically, that high-ranking uh, government officials have immunity, and now they're from trying what? To, from from like the court system, like being hmm. deposed on things, and well, that seems like a bit
4: of an abuse of power.
1: Well, and now they're trying to. And again, I'm not a huge huge Republican nor a Democrat. I'm, I don't have a personal opinion on this, but it just seems to me if Obama wrote up the law and now they want to throw it out because it's Trump, I don't really think you can do something like that, can
2: No, you? and that, that's, that's what I worry about when they start to propose major changes at the federal yep. level, like oh, yeah. changing the number of Supreme Court justices yep. or Bad idea. changing... Uh, you know the electoral college. It's like, okay, this might benefit your party right now because right. the Democrats would benefit in the short term election-wise without the electoral college. The Republicans have won the popular vote. You realize this since 1992? Guess how many times the Republicans have run the popular presidential vote?
1: Won it, it won. since won. when?
2: Yep, since 1990. Since the Clinton first Clinton administration,
4: probably one or two. Two. Once. Yeah. 2000. 2004.
2: Did we just go out? No. no, oh.
1: No, there was there was something that, that changed. I mean, the audio changed
4: a bit. If the mics get hit just right, then... Okay, no.
2: So Clinton won it, you know, both of his terms. Yes. Gore won the popular vote, but he lost the Electoral College because right. of Florida. Right. Oh, that's true. And yeah, then Bush vote. won it in 04, and Obama won it in 8 and 12 and Trump never won the popular vote either time you know when he became president won the electoral college and then failed in, in, in 2020 so it would dem- it would benefit the democrats now maybe for the next 10 years but I really think that they need to look at what's good for the country yeah, in the do. next two hundred years, and not in the next ten. Well, the
4: problem is they think that they are good for the country for the next two hundred well, years.
2: Yeah, but nobody goes in power thinking that they're terrible, right? They all that's, think that well, their point the of view is, is better.
4: Yeah, they're going to do whatever they can because they're the good guys, yeah. and they can't they can't have the bad guys winning. So we're going to do whatever we can, even if you know the ends justify the means.
2: So I think I I think they really got to be careful. I listened to. An Interview with uh, what's the guy's name? He's an Afghan war vet, he's got one eye. Uh, Ben Crenshaw, is it is Ben it? Crenshaw? Yeah. Yep, yep. And he said, uh, you know, there's <laughs> we have legislators and then we have uh, what did he call them? It wasn't grifters and <laughs> grifters, performance artists. Oh, performance artists. And I And like he's that actually too. going after the far right, you know, there's uh, like three right. or four knuckleheads, but he said it applies to both parties, and I think he's actually correct. In yeah,
1: that. he's right. No, he's
2: absolutely right about artist. that. <laughs> well, <I> just, <laughs> that, that performance artist. That is very funny.
1: Performance artist. There you go, right there. I, I, I just, we have got to get some control over this, uh, this whole uh, country again. Because, C- once again, we, we talked about it this morning. Uh, I, you really think America sucks? Have you ever looked at world history? Have you looked at the current world situation? If America sucks, what about everywhere else? I mean, maybe Portugal might be a little more even keel, but that's about it. New Zealand,
2: I think, from what I can tell, is a pretty good place to live. Mm, It's a long way
1: away, though. (laughs) It is a long way away, but I just, how can you keep saying we let anybody in here that wants to come in? I know. I don't understand that. You are not going to starve to death in America, which you are in most countries in the world, by the way. There are all these things about America that we, and by we, I just mean because I'm an American, um... These people need to shut up. They really do. Just shut up, back off. This whole woke thing has got to go. Away. Yeah,
2: I think it is starting to.
1: Disgusting.
2: Um, you know what? What for me tells me the tide might be turning a little bit is that Dave Chappelle didn't get canceled. He pretty much said "f you." That's if you don't like only because he was
1: black, though, and you know that.
2: Uh, I don't know, but nah, don't they're know.
1: afraid of him. Is what that is all about. He. Terrified.
2: That I guess I hadn't thought about that. It's possible.
1: Oh, yeah, these people are cowards. Absolutely, and by the way, I think Dave Chappelle is brilliant. I think he's hilarious. Oh, he's great. I still think the uh, blind white supremacist is the funniest thing I've ever seen, which yeah. he wrote co-wrote with a white guy. It's one
2: though. of the things you and I, we, n- neither of us, are easily offended. So,
1: no, that's true. That's a very good point. All right, we'll take a break and we'll be back with an hour two, which is
2: car oh, selling secrets. We got to look okay. up the episode and dust yeah. off the episode a book. Secret. Oh, yeah. You go. I, uh, it's been a while. How far back can I look? I think it's 114 maybe, but I'm not sure. It's
1: something. I we'll be back in out. A, a few minutes.